0: This is Seventy Two Nations Conference Call Podcast. I'm Elvis Iverson, and this uh, with El, with Errol Anderson and um, Betty Olson and Marty P- Paris. Seventy Two Nations Conference Call Podcast is an international project in Seventy Two Nations, where Seventy Two Nations can call into a live conference call for prayer, healing, deliverance, throne room encounters angelical encounters, prophetic visions, social, um, um, um soul presence, God, revival, anointing, and breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, when did I start doing this, these conference calls? Well, in, in 2013, the Lord led me, it was me and, um, um, it was, at that time we were S.I.M. Appa started conference call. Hallelujah. And it was Elvis Iverson and, and Rodney Folker's. Rodney Folker's is a missioner. He was a person that was, um, you know, a farmer, and and he um, was sawing the the wind blowing, and also he had a, a conversion. Hallelujah! And and he would just go to the mountains of Montana and seek the Lord, and and he was a missioner. Hallelujah! And he was a a, a pioneer, and he's a coal laborer a coal labor. And co-founder for Supplication National Ministries and Global and Commission Apostle Trinity Church, Hallelujah and Hallelujah and Amen, praise God. And then um, when we form um seven two nations conference call podcast, Hallelujah, um, the Lord let us do it, Hallelujah, Amen. To reach the seven two nations, cause God gave me a dream about seven two nations, Hallelujah, and apostles in seven two nations, Hallelujah. Amen. Um, hallelujah. Errol Anderson is the Burden Bush of North Dakota. Hallelujah. He is an star teacher. Hallelujah. He has been to a, a certain number of nations. Hallelujah. As as a missionary. Hallelujah. And 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 he is a a person that prays and fasts and and um follows the leading of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He is a true. Pentecostal hallelujah. Praise the Lord. An old timer hallelujah that um continues to be renewed by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. And and um glory to God and um and and then you have Betty White. Betty White is a intercessor, is is a leads a prayer group, hallelujah, and and, and in the past she was a um part of um uh, administrator and, and intercessor for, for big Ministries, a couple of big ministries in the past. How she really influenced and helped and aided, and now she's leading this prayer group, how that meets in Phoenix, Arizona. How that that that's um, praying for divine change in in America and in other nations around the world, and she moves in healing and deliverance. Marty, um, um, Paris, um, Paris is is a warrior of God. He is a warrior of God, a warrior of. God, hallelujah. And and um he led a, a for a time he led a, a spirit warfare network in Nebraska and then the Lord um called him to help raise up Global and I Commissioned Apostle Trinity Church, Hallelujah. He is one of the pillars and co founders and co laborers of Global Another Commission Apostle Trinity Church, Hallelujah, praise God and and I'm glad that he has come a part of Seventy Two Nations Conference Call podcast. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen, hallelujah. And and I'm Elvis Iverson, Amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah my articles are read um by many across the world um, my ebooks and 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 people watch my seedcast videos and and listen to our podcasts hallelujah praise God I've mentored several people around the world apostles and prophets five full ministers business people politicians hallelujah glory to God many people have have been influenced um, by this ministry in India and in the Philippines and Africa and and several nations around the world hallelujah praise God um, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Amen, Hallelujah. I, w- I was already in a traditional church, but I wanted to know the Lord more, and I kept on calling upon the Lord. And one day, the Holy Spirit—I I- I prayed a prayer, and I said, "I want to serve you all that is in life. I give my life to you." And it was like somebody opened the door of my bedroom. And it was filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking tongues. Hallelujah. When I was fourteen years old, hallelujah. I heard the voice minister my word, the voice of Jesus minister my word, hallelujah. I heard it three times, hallelujah. When I was sixteen I began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. When I was nineteen, hallelujah, I had an encounter of the Lord Jesus Christ in nine, in, in hallelujah, Encounter of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Jesus Christ appeared to me. he, he asked me how many members I want. And he gave me a vision for my life, a vision for my church, a vision for my ministry, and a vision for Omaha, Nebraska. And he laid his hands upon me and reached his power. And from that day, forward, I saw a in word reverence, opposite reverence, prophetic reverence, the deep prophetic, signs and wonders, hallelujah, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of God, hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, praise God. Um, Amen, there was a time... Amen. Right after I got done with Bible College and I began to minister on the reservations in in Minnesota, South Dakota, and North Dakota, I would have visions, um, 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 several visions of heaven and some visions of of hell, and and several visions of of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, and now we're in a day where where I've translated to many nations and I've also teleported, hallelujah, and um and also um, I um. I've been having visions, going up in the throne room every day, and exploring the many heavens. God has given me the revelation of many heavens, hallelujah. But also, God has led us to um, to plant a church in Omaha, Nebraska. It's called Global, first of all, Global Anarche Commission Apostle Training Church, hallelujah. It is a radical, normal church. It is, it is um, a church of, let me tell you, it is um, um, a community of home churches. Each Global anarch is a community of home churches with a sanctuary. And Global Anarch is an with of churches in many cities and many nations. Global Anarch is a radical, normal church. A mission-based church. A home church-based. A family-based church. A house of prayer-based. A supernatural encounter-based. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if you're looking for a church, amen, for Global Anarch, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, or, or, um, uh, or visit um, ElvisIverson.com. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and so but Supplication National Ministries has been ministering for years. That's the name of the ministry. Um, Seventeen Nation Conference Call Podcast is a part of that. And um, you can visit Elvison and become a partner and plant a seed, hallelujah. And 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 um and get connected, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Click on that sign torch and get connected. Amen. If you want to mail us a donation, you make the checks out to Subcation National Ministries and the member right donation and then mail to Subcash National Ministries P.O. Box 8132 Omaha, Nebraska 68108. Amen. Also, you can get by the cash app. The, uh, the cash app. It's mo- the money sign Then the SIM Omaha. You can get through PayPal. It's paypal.me slash SIM Omaha. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And and um amen praise the lord hallelujah our messages um we have our podcast um once a month hallelujah, except just in december hallelujah and the number to call in is is 5165979857 hallelujah praise god and and that is in central time zone central time zone that's central time zone hallelujah amen if you're calling from the outside the usa how you have to enter um that number plus the access code which is three four four one nine two one plus the pound sign also you can go to com hallelujah amen and we have more information about um 17-inch comes called pockets we have 70 numbers that, that a number for 70 nations that you can call and also there's an app that you can download you can go to a free conference call and you can download this app, hallelujah, you can download this app, hallelujah, either on your phone or on your computer, hallelujah, where you can call in free and you just got to enter the meeting ID is SIM team, hallelujah, praise God. And um, um, one thing is um, you want to, ch- with the center time zone, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, and if you want to check your time zone, you can go to worldtimebuddy.com, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen, hallelujah, and glory to God. So, so um, also we have a, a partners list, amen, hallelujah. You want to become, um, a re- receive more from the 72 Nations Conference call, it's a Google group, hallelujah, and you can say, hey, just subscribe me to your two Nations Conference, two Nations Google group, hallelujah, and also follow Elvis Ives on Twitter, hallelujah, praise God, and no times and dates, hallelujah. Also, we have a Facebook page, for it was just 17 nations comes called podcast and after after these messages after these messages are done amen how they're uploaded to our podcast hallelujah which is anchor.fm 17 nations and and also elvis iverson has a a um, podcast is FM elvis iverson hallelujah praise god hallelujah amen and um Amen, and and Errol Anderson has his own podcast. Hallelujah, amen. Anchor.fm slash Errol Anderson, E R R Y L, and then A N D E R S O N. Amen, hallelujah. Praise praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me just I want to pray for everyone here that's listening to this message right now. Hallelujah. I want to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father in the throne of the Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, for everyone who's listening to this message. It will influence, influence in the church of the world, of oh God. And the seventy-two nations. Oh God. Lord, I pray, Lord, let, let many people Come from each of these nations into the call this, uh, this comes, call Lord in the name of Jesus. And let revival come into the seven two nations of oh God. Raise up apostles, raise up the new up and start and establish the thesis of the third Reformation. the reformed grace message of oh God in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, let everyone that has called up that uh, apartheid hallelujah that's influenced by this ministry bring forth multitudes of breakthrough. God in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, Lord, I pray release deliverance, healing, healing, miracles, creative miracles. Release freedom in Jesus' name. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Lord God, I pray, for, for for breakthroughs, restitution, restoration, restoration, healing, amen, hallelujah, and freedom to come to people. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And Father God, I pray, amen, I release the revival anointing, release multitudes of breakthroughs in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ, pray, let's pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe the God of the Bible. I believe in the Trinity the Father, and the Son Holy goes three and one. I believe in the Virgin birth the death, the burial, and resurrection and your ascension, and your second coming. I believe that you have forgiven me of all my sins. you wash you wash me from all my sins. You writ my name in the Lamb's book of life, and you have saved me, Lord Jesus, come in my heart, live and abide with me forever. Lord, you could confess you as Savior. Lord, you could confess you as Lord. I know me to serve you all the days of life. Lord, you could save me now. Lord, you could save me. Let me be born again. I commit my life to you. I surrender my life to you. And help me to serve you all the days of my life. Save me now in Jesus' name. Let me be born again in Jesus' name. Come in my heart and live and abide with me forever. Fill me full with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. Well, stay tuned, hallelujah, for our next episode, hallelujah. Praise God. This is just the introduction of of 72 Nations Compass Call podcast. Hallelujah, amen.
1: Jesus Christ is Lord, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. And um, I remember a um, a movie called China Cry. Mm -hmm. And um, the lady, it's um, based on this lady's life in China. When China became communist. And um, and they wanted to rage against her God, her belief system, and she told them that you cannot stop God, because you cannot contain Him, even in a box, He's uncontainable, you cannot limit the Holy One of Israel, hallelujah, amen. Welcome back, this is 72 Nations Conference Call, podcast with, with um, Errol Anderson, Betty Olson, and... Marty Pierce and Elvis Iverson. Hallelujah. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Marty's from Omaha, Nebraska. Arrow's from um, um, North Dakota, uh, Grand Forks County. Um, um, hallelujah. Um, somewhere there. Hallelujah. Um, and Betty Olson is from um, Phoenix, Arizona. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is here, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and amen, we, we're we so glad, amen, we're so glad, and, and our, this um, call will be uploaded after this on, on um, anchor.fm, 72 nations, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and, and um, today, Errol Anderson will be ministering, in his, his, um, podcast this is anchor.fm Errol Anderson, hallelujah praise God amen uh, you can find this you you can find this on, on my website too so hallelujah at elwishirson.com and um, praise the Lord hallelujah so we just want to say hi to, to everyone from Germany and Sweden and Ireland and India and America of course um, hallelujah Jesus Christ, Lord, we just want to say hi to all the truckers in, in Canada that are in jail. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, is Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, our um, next um, conference call will be March 19th, March 19th at 9 a.m. Central Time Zone. And you can so make sure you check your time zone because the time zone will be changing soon. So, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, amen. So, let, let us, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ is Lord, hallelujah. So, um, um praise God, let us begin, amen. Um, uh, Marty, would you like to um,
2: um, pray now, hallelujah? Absolutely, praise the Lord. Second Chronicles 714, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. A prayer for repentance, my brothers and sisters. <coughs> Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I boldly come before your throne of grace and mercy. Covered, cleansed, and sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I thank you for this day, because this is the day the (laughs) Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Father God, I repent. Of any and all idolatry, idolatry in any possession. I have any vehicle, a house, anything father. I have, I give to you. Father God, we trust in you and we trust in your beloved son, Jesus the Christ. So father, I repent of any trust in government. I repent, Father, because I know the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I repent of any lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, love of this world. Brothers and sisters, we are just passing through this world. Remember, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Father God, I repent of the sins of my nation, the sin of allowing abortion, any sins of hatred and racism, any sins of unjust and unnecessary wars. Brothers and sisters, please seek the faith of Jesus. You know, in Acts chapter 2, Peter says, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But you need to repent, repent, and again I say repent. Keep your eyes, your mind, and your heart on Jesus. So Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I bind all spirits not of the Holy Spirit. I bind all those spirits that do not lead to repentance, I bind all lying, deceiving, tormenting, and seducing spirits. I bind all workers of iniquity, all workers of the kingdom of darkness. I plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I cover you in the blood of Jesus. I cover your families in the blood of Jesus. I cover your prayer life your house, your city, your family, your nation with the blood of Jesus. Repent and remit your sins to Jesus. We love you. I hope and pray that you keep seeking Jesus' face. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Jesus is Lord. Trust in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise
1: the Lord. Amen. Um, Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Betty?
3: Okay. I'm going to share a little bit about our past. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, God formed you in your mother's womb. And then (laughs) Psalm 139 says, for you, for God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We praise you and thank you, because it says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, Lord. We know you feel well. God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us, and many of us are not living up to that purpose and plan. The Lord called you from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name. Isaiah 44.2 says, Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, you who help you. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, You have saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us by Christ before time began. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 says, Just as he chose you in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame in him, having predestined us predestined us to be adopted as sons of Jesus Christ in himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. We are part of the good pleasure of His will, because he has a plan for us. Job Job 19:23 says, "Oh that my words were written, oh that they are inscribed in a book." Second um, Corinthians 5:18 says that all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself with Jesus Christ, and has given us a ministry of reconciliation in John 14:12 Jesus is speaking he says, verily verily I say to you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do he shall do also and greater works than me shall he do because I go to be to the Father. Many of us are not doing greater works than Jesus. It's written in a book of heaven. Our names are in a book of heaven. things are written that we need to be doing on this planet at this time. We have a purpose. For being here at this time And I think what a privilege to be chosen To be here at this time I mean this is not a fun time But God's doing a mighty work today He's cleansing this planet We pray pray the Lord's prayer We pray let thy kingdom come on earth As it is in heaven We're here right now To bring God's kingdom on this earth As it is in heaven It doesn't look good (laughs) In fact it looks pretty bad But this is what we're here for it was written in our books in heaven before we were even created, before we even came to this planet. God's purpose for us, and we're to be doing greater things than Jesus. How many of us have raised the dead? How many of us had done miracle things of casting hundreds of demons out of one person? How many of us have done greater things than Christ? But we are called to do it, and we're called to do it today. It's a time when this whole earth, this whole planet is in turmoil. Every nation is in turmoil. The enemy is working so much and so hard to to discourage us, to make us sick, to to kill us ahead of time. The, The enemy, the devil, is determined to destroy. But God put us here at this time. He created us. And what a privilege to be chosen to be here at this time. It's not easy, but God never said it would be easy. We have a job to do, and we need to do it. But it's as we walk in Jesus' power and authority. He says, I give you power and authority. He gives it to us. We need to take it and we need to use it. It's an exciting time. It's a scary time, but it's an exciting time because it's a time when Jesus' power and authority will be manifested throughout this earth. Lord, let your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. Let your glory be in our lives. Lord I pray that each one of us listening to this today will fulfill what's written in our book in heaven. Some people have been privileged enough to see what's in their book. <clears throat> many of us have missed, I'm sure many things that were in our book. I know when when abortion, abortion first came out I was I was in Minneapolis and I was on a board at a hospital <clears throat> and we would, we did the um we, we did training and we did teaching in the hospital. And we were able to visit, visit patients and minister to them. If they asked about God, we could minister to them. Otherwise, we just encouraged them. But if they asked about God, we could pray anything we wanted to. I had, My job was to be with a terminally ill patient. Um, so I was usually with cancer patients. But they usually opened the door that you could minister to them. But I began, this is when abortion first came out, so you know how long ago this was. But I would share Psalm 139 with him, because we, were, we are wonderfully made. We are God's creation, and that God has a purpose and a plan for each of us. And some of them came up to me and said, we never knew that was in the Bible. We've not been teaching the Word of God. We've not been teaching what we need to teach to get people ready for today. So I pray that we can be opened up to the power and the authority of Jesus, that we can become the men and women of God that he created us to be. We have power and authority because it's Christ in us. Christ will lead us and guide us and direct us. And we need to step out to do greater things than Jesus did. He said we will do them. Now is the time to put on the armor of God, to put on the fullness of Jesus Christ, that we may do the greater things that God called us to do. And I praise you and thank you that each one listening will receive this and begin to walk in God's power and authority greater than they ever have before. As we spend time with Christ, spend time in his word, worship and praising our king and kings, God will use us in a mighty, powerful way to bring forth his kingdom on this earth. We thank you for this day, that this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we will go forward from this day with greater joy greater peace, greater anointing by the power and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in us in a powerful way. I pray the Lord blesses each one of you this day in a way that will be beyond belief. And I thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, after I, I'm going to share a little bit and then Errol, then take the main um stage, hallelujah. Um in North Dakota, in um northern um eastern part of North Dakota, God is beginning to move. There's a furnace, the Holy Spirit is coming like a furnace. Hallelujah. Um there's a you know, it's an open furnace, hallelujah. It's a big furnace, so be careful as you dance near the furnace you may walk right into the furnace and all that. Um, but anyways, um the Mennonites are beginning to get on fire for Christ and then also in the northern the northern um, um western of of Minnesota, Hallelujah and, and, and probably a little bit more um, um um east and all that, God's beginning to move there too. Hallelujah. Um Hallelujah, um He's beginning to move, hallelujah. And um and um the Lord is awakened people, those that have been faithful and have set themselves apart and and, and and have kept a pure heart. Hallelujah. Amen. And and they have not drunk the cup of bitterness and um, you know, they're not Hallelujah, they have waited upon the Lord. God is, is awakening them to be um, little flames of fire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And um, it just takes one little flame of fire to cause a big giant fire. (laughs) Hallelujah. And and I, you know, one thing is I really think that they're coming into a time of there is going to be some um some big fires up in that area. Hallelujah. Praise God. But Errol Anderson is from that area. <laughs> hallelujah and and, and Elvis Iverson is from that area. Praise God. But um Errol is the burning bush of North Dakota. Hallelujah. He is a minister of signs and wonders, hallelujah. And um it's an honor to always have him. Praise the Lord. Well, Before he comes on I wanna share some things, hallelujah. I will share it you know, try to be as fast as possible, but um hallelujah. You know, um I came to know Jesus Christ and and it was a um it was him that found me, hallelujah. And he arranged my steps, Hallelujah. And I decided to, to commit my life to him. Commit my life my whole entire life. A hundred percent. Hallelujah. And and um it was the work of the Holy Spirit in me. Hallelujah we we're saved by grace through faith, and even that faith is a gift of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit. And I begin to walk a walk. And um when I was in high school I was some youth minister and and I remember all these young people that I will minister to and they were they were Christians. They went to a church and and I was part of a couple of groups, hallelujah. Praise God and and but the thing is those generations there has been a couple of generations that have backslided. They have backslided. And why why do these kids backslide? And a lot of these kids were born in the church. I'm not saying born again, but they were born. Their their families were going to church. Why do these people backslide? And you know what? The reason why we got problems today is because those people backslided. There's like two two gener- two two um, different ages of groups of people that have backslid and now we have this time. We have come to this time. And and um the thing is is as parents you have to be careful what words you say against God almighty and against those that are anointed by him. And you need to know that those who are born of God loves. Hallelujah. Glory to God I dedicated my children unto the Lord Hallelujah I anointed them Hallelujah I exposed them To The Bible On CD As they were infants The first three years Of Their life Hallelujah Hallelujah they see me reading um, books on, on on topics that are from the Bible. They see me preaching. They see me even on the phone doing this podcast. They see me doing SeedCast um, 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 videos on YouTube. Hallelujah. But also they saw my imperfection. That was not perfect. But yet I was transparent. And I loved them. Hallelujah. So so the thing is, it's not just being imperfect. But, you know, I admit to them that I am imperfect. And, And, you know, I tell them why I'm imperfect. But I tell them that I love them. Hallelujah. And so it's important. It's important not just to get your kids, you know, whoever out there, you get your kids infant baptism or whatever, you know, we, we I dedicate my kids unto the Lord. But the thing is is are they going in one direction? Are they going into one direction? One direction. I've been going in one direction since I was a teenager, hallelujah. This is a work of the Holy Spirit in my life and not of my of my strength. Hallelujah. You know, from time to time I have to renounce self righteousness. You know, if you if you're from North Dakota, you people kind of, and and Minnesota, you kind of get self righteous. And then when some anointed preacher comes through and all that, these, these demons start st- stirring up, and you got to renounce that self righteousness. It's it is it is Christ alone. Hallelujah! Christ alone. And and um and that's why, you know, we need to be open. To people in the body of Christ, Hallelujah! So we do not become self-righteous, Hallelujah! But anyways, um, you, as I as I see um individuals um um that the grow up in the church and or or some people is is ha- has their parents help them to follow that one direction. So there's a difference. There's a difference in their eyes. There's a, there's a difference in their head. There's a difference in their heart. But the thing is, there's, there's a lot of people who go to church and they're just religious. They're just religious and, and, and um, you know, they're, they're not open to the Holy Spirit. They're not open to what God is saying. They, they don't know who is speaking for God. That Christ appointed hallelujah of course you know anyone who does not speak for Christ hallelujah do not listen to them hallelujah amen amen hallelujah praise God because the Bible says even the demons believed in fear and turmoil they believed in God but they did not say they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ how uh, they did not acknowledge hallelujah and so there's a difference right there hallelujah Amen. But the thing is, is it's unbelief, my friends. Unbelief. The Bible talks about the f- deceitfulness of sin and unbelief. You know, and, and um, in the last couple of chapters of Revelation, it talks about the gates are neither clo- they don't close; they, they stay open day and night. But outside are are these unbelievers and and and, and people that you know. You know, whatever they—they they never accepted Christ and all that. And and you know, even in the millennium, in the millennium, there there's unbelievers, there's people that do not accept Jesus Christ. And this is like, kind of like, mind-boggling. You know, I hear the Lord Jesus Christ ascends from heaven, hallelujah, and they still never repent. They still never repent. And then here we we're in eternity. If, if if we are correct in our translation, hallelujah, the, the, there's people outside the gate. The gates are open. The gates are open, but they're still outside because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. Unbelief. But yet, there is a temple that doesn't need no light because Jesus Christ is the light. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is there, hallelujah. But still, they do not repent. So I'm going to tell you, there's going to be people that do not repent, that will never receive Jesus Christ. And somehow they're they're like a sign, like a sign outside the gate, a sign that of God's sovereignty, that, that, that no one comes unto the Father. No, Jesus said, no one comes unto me. He said, it is granted of the Father. That's why we need to be humble. We wanna be we wanna be humble, Hallelujah. To be humble. Hallelujah. Um I have been listening somehow the Lord the last two days told me um some of the prophets of Bob Jones and Paul Kane. Hallelujah. And Bob Jones is prophesying to Mike Bickle, hallelujah in Kansas City, Hallelujah. And 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 it before your children, children, children. You know, he'll be like a grandpa father, hallelujah, and it will be his it'll be his grandchildren, hallelujah. And and, and they are talking about Arrowhead Stadium. They're talking about this meeting that's coming up, hallelujah, the sin, Hallelujah. Amen. And that and that there will be signs of wonders, hallelujah. There'll be the miracles, hallelujah, Amen, hallelujah. Amen. He starts talking to Mike Bigel like you 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 pastor say, Oh hey, I'm not gonna be you no. Uh, Mike Bickle a glorified you pastor. Hallelujah! Praise God. Young people have been coming all over the earth to just to pray day and night prayer. Hallelujah! And and now we're coming to a time of 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 uh, a prayer fulfillment, a prophetic fulfillment. Hallelujah! Of what Bob Jones said. Hallelujah! It's about to come to pass. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah!
4: And and um.
1: Hallelujah. Um, one thing is 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 I, I I don't want to criticize the the leaders of the but the thing is 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 when you're talking about a prophecy, amen. Hallelujah. Um, that Bob Jones prophesied. I'm not saying Bob Jones is anything. Hallelujah. But God did use him. Hallelujah. God uses who He chooses. Hallelujah. But the thing is 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 you know when in their advertisement in the beginning they they downplayed. Cause they, they talked about that prophecy, but but they downplayed it in their in their speech and all that. And but the thing is, just to please the evangelicals, the these evangelicals, that these people that believe the Bible is the word of God. But but the thing is, they're word, 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 and little spirit. Hey, okay? you know the body. The body's like eighty percent water or seventy percent water. And and um, you know the so what 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 is the body of Christ? Hallelujah! How much Holy Spirit, Amen? Do you do you want Hallelujah? Praise God! What? How much Holy Spirit? Hallelujah, Amen. And so, and so the thing is, is um, you know, um, and, and then then Paul Cain came into the into this Hallelujah, praise God. And both Bob Jones and Paul Cain went home to be the Lord. Have you ever heard of the, about the Kansas City prophets? The, the two that stood out the most. That caused the trouble the most, that angered the religious people the most was Bob Jones and Paul Kane, and and their prophecies. You know, what they prophesied angered the religious people, and 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 but yet those prophecies came to pass. Hallelujah, glory to God, and 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 um. But anyways, Paul Kane he prophesized that that about Arrowhead Stadium. He prophesized that, and, and he, but he prophesized also about stadiums all over the earth and arenas being back full with the nameless and faceless people, hallelujah. And they're preaching, they're worshiping, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, but also this is the time of solemn Assemblies, Hallelujah. And and, and the thing is gonna kick off. Hallelujah. God's gonna kick it off at Arrowhead Stadium. Arrowhead Stadium, the the send dot hallelujah. I'm not here to advertise them. I I am I'm significant of, of, of a generation that God's about to raise up, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. He's about to raise up, hallelujah. They're already here, hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory to God. Um, this whole pandemic was to hinder the time of Solomon Assemblies. It was to hinder this harvest, to to, to bring many people to hell. But, but, but now God is about to intervene, hallelujah. And God will... God would have intervened if if we would have all got up and and gathered around our city um, halls and and state buildings, hallelujah, but we were all wimpy people, wimpy, wimpy people. So, thank God that God is not wimpy, hallelujah. Thank God that, that Jesus Christ is not wimpy, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Amen. That Jesus Christ is Lord, hallelujah. But anyways... You know, Paul King says um, that there will be no bad news, only good news. So that means there has to be something significant that is about to happen in the earth. There's something significant that has to happen because the sun is in May May 14th. Uh, So there's something significant that is about to happen. Something significant is about to happen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Operation Mockingbird will collapse. Hallelujah! It will collapse. Hallelujah! God is judging the nations. The, the, um, um, but I don't want to get into that, um, that part. But God judging the nations. Hallelujah! But He is judging the nations. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Hallelujah! Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah! And so, and so the thing is, the Lord told me that as always, the evangelist goes. Hallelujah, these people, word, 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 and little spirit, even even these Pentecostals now are word, 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 and little spirit, okay, hallelujah, They're, because you don't have a revelation of the Holy Spirit, you have limited the Holy One of Israel, hallelujah, and that's not a good thing, but God hears our prayers, hallelujah, and 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 if you look and study history when when people are are are, you can go to church and be backslidden, hallelujah. You can go and that's not good. It's just because you know, you're not you're you're not um you're not seeking God, hallelujah. You you you're you're basing your faith, your your religion off off that local church and not on your own personal life, hallelujah. And so, but anyways, God's gonna gather all these evangelicals, people, that word, 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 and little spirit, at Arrowhead Stadium. And then there's gonna something supernatural gonna happen. It's gonna birth a generation of harvesters, a generation of people that will witness and walk in the power of God. That will be um, um, will flow in signs, wonders, and miracles. Hallelujah! Praise God. I will birth a generation. And these people are teenagers, maybe twenty somes too. Hallelujah, They'll birth. And 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 I really don't think that they know what they're really doing. What's about really going to happen? Hallelujah. Maybe it'll happen there. Maybe it will not. You know. Um, you know. One thing is is we got to know about prophecies. Is is it's an it's, it's invite. It's different between the prophecy in the Bible versus the prophecy that, that uh, modern-day prophets speak. And God has appointed them had to speak the word, hallelujah, um, praise the Lord. The, um, but there's a difference. It's like an invite, like I'm inviting you to be part of something. And you got to pray it out. you got to write it down and pray it out. You gotta believe it. You gotta to begin to walk with God and walk it out. All well, these these things that, that Bob Jones and Paul Kane said this is way back along like in the eighties or whatever. And so now we have come to the fulfillment of these things, Holly. But anyways, how the sin does not know that they're gonna give birth to a generation of harvesters and people that walk in signs and wonders. These I'm not saying the um five fold ministry, I'm saying every day Um, believers, hallelujah, but also a a mission-sending generation, people that will prioritize, no matter what job they have or what career they have, at the top of the list is is short-term mission trips, is going to the nation, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah. There is going to be 300,000 people, missionaries, that God is going to raise up, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. 300,000 missionaries hallelujah. I could be wrong. Hallelujah. But but the thing is but 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 beyond that beyond that there's it's going to be a priority upon um um the, this generation that God's going to birth that, that that is a generation of the, <clears throat> that that're for revival. They're for signs and wonders, they're for mission, they're for evangelism hallelujah. And they're going to go back to their churches other well, the churches are lukewarm. Word, 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 word—a little spirit. But I want to tell you this: that that there's a spirit of error upon a lot of these churches. You can err in doctrine, you can err in your walk, and you can err in the walk of the spirit. And 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 where the spirit and the word does not come together, there is error in that person's life. So. Yeah, and and so, but but the thing is, as this generation birth, there is gonna come a birthing of a whole new generation of churches. Hallelujah, a whole new generation of churches that are not like these other churches. It's gonna be an open format. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, it's gonna happen. Hallelujah, and and um, and and so basically. These youth people, these twenties people, you know, will only be received by a certain degree in their churches. And so very eventually, they will go forth. They will go forth. They will take their Bibles, hallelujah. And they will go before the God, and, and they will go forth. And, and these people will go forth planting new churches, hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this is what's going to happen, hallelujah. And see, I'm almost done, hallelujah. And, and um, you know, the word Ecclesia, the word for church is Ecclesia. Is it called out? Holy unto the Lord. We are holy unto the Lord. We are separate. Holy unto the Lord. We are separate. We are holy unto the Lord. God's spiritual will branch on earth as in heaven. Spiritual senators, hallelujah, praise God, to release God's decrees. Well, the Bible says in First Peter, I'm almost done. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and, and, and 9 says, You are living stone, are being built up a spirit house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifice, acceptable God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9, But you are a chosen generous, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you over darkness into a marvelous light. First of all, we're a holy nation. The church is a, is a nation in itself, a people group, a special people. You're special. A holy nation, How we Praise God. You know, you know, the thing is, is, um, you know, um, um, her, the charismatic movement and the Jesus movement was going and, and, then Ronald Reagan came and, and we begin to get into politics, and we really haven't accomplished much yet. So we really haven't accomplished much. And and I'm not saying that we should get out of politics, but we need to be careful who we back. I'm not saying that Ronald Reagan did anything, but um, he's better than, than other people and all that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But there's things that are happening behind the scenes that we never knew, and, and there, we've been manipulated, and we've been deceived by both sides. But that's about to end. That's about to end, hallelujah. But here it says that we are a chosen generation. A chosen generation, hallelujah. And the Bible talks about the eternal purposes of God in Ephesians. The church is God's eternal purpose. Hallelujah. The chosen generation. So so the church started in um A D thirty three. A D. thirty three. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and and we you know, God, you know, we see this first century, that century, that century. God just sees one picture, the chosen generation. And we may have, from from time to time, have have come out of alignment with God, come out of alignment, with, you know, and, and became religious and and, and got off um, what God's plan was. and you know, But God's bringing us back to that plan that we are a chosen generation. He sees only one generation. From eighty thirty three 33 until now, a generation of the Ecclesia, a generation of signs, a generation of sons of God, Hallelujah. amen, a generation of the manifestation of the sons of God, a generation of, of the gifts of the Spirit, the signs and wonders, hallelujah, the mirac- miraculous, hallelujah. And it's time for us to realign ourselves to what God wants us and become that chosen generation, hallelujah. The generation of power. What did the Twilight mean? It means a generation of power. A generation of signs of wonder, hallelujah. And what happens is, is sometimes we want to get off that generation and get and, and and become religious, become Lutherans or Baptists or Pentecostals or whatever and 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 become judges and and um and and you know, whatever and, and um and forget who who saved us, who did this stuff. But the thing is, God has put us back in that we are the chosen generation. We are the chosen that we walk in signs and wonders, hallelujah. We walk in signs and wonders. We walk in the miraculous, hallelujah. We are a people, hallelujah, praise God, of the miracles, hallelujah. So imagine Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, sat down with your hand, Father. Well, but we are that generation. We are that generation. We are that generation. We are that generation. He said, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. Hallelujah. Praise God. You shall be endured with power from on high. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. While we are that generation, we are still that generation. Hallelujah. Because we are that chosen generation. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let religious people lie to you and get you off track and become, you know, get off this and get off that. Let's get back on what Christ has called us. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn it over to Arrow. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.
4: Amen. <clears throat> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. I've got my speaker. Uh, uh, the microphone turned. Okay.
1: Yep. Or do you... I
4: need to turn my microphone a different? No. No, it's going. It's going good. Okay. All right. Hallelujah. We were born for such a time as this. There's uh, many technological things that have taken place over the years that uh, have left me in the dust, and uh, I just can't keep up with it. But nonetheless, I sometimes think I should have been back in the horse and buggy day and and, uh, not in this jet age or this uh, technological age, but I'm here in this time And you and I were born for a day such as this. God has a holy calling on each of our lives, and it's up to each one of us to find out what that is and to follow it to to the fullness. Amen. Amen. I'd like to uh, continue from the last message that I had back in November, I believe it was, called Hope for the Family, and uh, in that message I had separated into kind of like a part one and a part two. So I'm going to go with a part three today. If you've never heard the first part of the Hope for the Family, part one and part two, I'd highly recommend listening to it. I might have to go into part four, but I, I I'm gonna. There's so much. There's so much in Scripture. I mean, you just can't. There's no end to it. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to uh, bring it together in in this uh, part three here. So Father, we just uh, lift this day before Your throne of grace, and we ask for mercy. We ask for revelation and wisdom. We ask, Lord, that the name of Jesus Christ be lifted up because your word says that if he be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. So we lift up that name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess in heaven on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is none other. He is God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, El Shaddai, El Gabor, El Yalyan, the everlasting Father. He is Yahweh. And we lift that name before you, the great I am. But that name that's above every name, that name of Jesus is above El Shaddai. That name of Jesus is above El Yalyan. That name of Jesus is above Yahweh. That name of Jesus is above Wonderful counselor. That name above all names is the name of Jesus Christ. And we will bow to that name. And we give it all to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hope for the family. You know, too often we get caught up between a religion of, a false religion of works. Any church that shut down during this time of pandemic, they should remain shut down because they were never part of the body of Christ to begin with. People that go to church with their face diapers on, driving their cars with their face diapers on, and 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 uh, wearing their shields and and their Masks and and their, their rubber gloves, driving their car down the road, or even in a store. See, what's happening is we're conforming to the image of this world instead of conforming to the image of Christ. Can you imagine Jesus not going into the synagogue? Can you imagine Jesus wearing a stupid mask? Can you imagine Jesus conforming to the falsehoods of the reprobate churches? I don't think so. We are to follow him. He says, as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We're not to be led by prophecies. I could give a flip about the charismatic and the Pentecostal prophets. We're to be led by the word of God and we're to be led by the spirit of God. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but his word will never pass away. I've heard many, many prophets. I've heard many, many prophecies and they've all failed. We're to be led by the Spirit, not by a prophecy. We're to be led by the Spirit of the living God. We are to hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And unfortunately, a lot of people are deceived by infant baptism. They're deceived by memorization of an apostle's creed thinking that if they memorize the Apostles' Creed that they're saved, it's one of the biggest deceptions in the churches there is. So I want to turn this back to hope for the family. Too often we get caught up between these false religions and, and based on works. You think about just infant baptism alone. They talk about grace, but it's a false grace that they talk about because their entire salvation is based on a work. It's based on infant baptism. That's the entire salvation is based on infant baptism. It's not based on faith. It's not based on grace. It's based on works. And so as opposed to God's grace and promises, it's opposed to the eternal word of God found in the Bible in the truth, in the word of truth. His mercies are new every morning. His marvelous grace is sufficient for every day. In part one and part two, I address some of the family issues. A major error, a major teaching, a false teaching, and especially in churches uh, concerning divorce. I address that issue. So again, if you've never heard part one or part two, I highly recommend going to it. You can believe your false denominational teachings or you can believe the word of God. Hope for the family must be anchored in the word of the promises and of his grace as opposed to dead religion and false theology. So if you'd go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Choose life. That throws Calvinism right out the door, doesn't it? Choose life. See, the thing with Calvinism is you don't even need an evangelist. You don't need to go out in the streets and witness to people. You don't need to go out into the highways and the byways and the hedges to bring in the people because Calvinism is false. Get out of Calvinism and get back into the scriptures. Choose life, he says. Choose. It's a choice. It's a daily choice, a blessing or cursing. It's a daily choice to walk in the power and the promises of God. It's a daily choice. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. See, in verse 19, he said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So let's just look at it this way. I've set life before you. I've set blessing before you. So that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And we learn that by receiving his blessings we learn that because he first loved us we love him and we have to receive that love we have to understand receiving that love causes us to love him and serve him and to obey him somebody that you love Uh, take it in a marital situation. Somebody that you love, your spouse, you're going to obey them. Honey, I don't want you throwing your underwear in the middle of the living room floor anymore like you used to do. (laughs) Whatever the case is, right? That we're going to obey our spouse, because we love them. And so this whole thing is receiving blessing from God, receiving his love. And by receiving his love, we can turn around and love him because we love him because he first loved us. And this land that he's talking about, they may, that you may cling to him for he is your life. He is your life. It's not Republican. It's not Democrat. It's not American. It's not Western or Eastern culture. It's not my ancestry. He is my life. And my life is to be wrapped up and clung into Him. For He is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land. I've been to I traveled for 30 years from Boston to Seattle, working in construction. And I I I've worked in most of the northern states. I've been in every state of the Union, but I've I've worked in mostly the northern states. And in all of my travels, I'd always find different churches to go to, because I'm not a denominationalist. I wanted to be led of the Holy Spirit, and I'd ask God, what church do you want me to go to? What fellowship do you want me to go to? And he would show me, and I would go there, and sometimes he'd only have me there for two or three days, two or three weekends, and that's it. Just maybe one time, and that's it. And he said, that's it. That's all. I don't want you to go back to this place again. I, sh- I showed you what I need you to learn from this place. And so I've been into all all types of different places. I was never a denominationalist where uh, every city I went into, I only went to one denomination because that's the only one that God lives in. I traveled, I I quit my job in October of 1997 and I I packed the trunk of my car and I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, I wanna be led of your spirit on a daily basis. And I took off, and I began traveling. I had no point A or point B that I was going to. I had no destination in mind. I was seeking the face of the Lord. And I would go to churches. And, of course, a lot of them would recognize that I was a a newcomer. And they would meet me at the door and say, oh, we're so pleased that you came. We're uh, Uh, What are you doing in the area? I said, well, I'm searching for the Lord. And they said, oh, you need to get saved. I said, no, I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I said, I'm searching for the Lord, and he's not here. And it's it's really heavy on my spirit. Where's the presence of God in the church? All they had was dead tradition. All they had was dead sermons. There was no life. There was nothing there. There was no presence of God. And I continued going from place to place to place, and my heart was breaking because they have, they're they're recognized as a church, but there's no presence of God. If there's no power, If there's no power, there's no presence of God, period. And so here he's saying about the land. The promised land of, in the New Testament, the promised land of milk and honey. Okay, in the Old Testament, the promised land was what we call Israel today. Actually, it was a lot larger than what Israel is today. Actually, what God promised Abraham, that it would be inheritance for him, Israel, under David, under Solomon, under all of the kings of Israel and Judah, Israel has never completely inhabited the land that God showed Abraham, even yet to this day. They didn't under Joshua. They didn't under Daniel, uh, David. They didn't under uh, Solomon. They've never, ever inhabited the promised land that God promised them, the fullness of it yet. They have only been in a portion of it. And that was Old Testament. And when J- Joshua... Uh, when the when the spies went into Israel the 12 spies went into Israel they came back and then said there's giants amongst us amongst them we can't take the land hallelujah there was Caleb and Joshua and they they wanted to go in but uh, they were kind of voted down democracy majority vote isn't always the way to go We're supposed to go by what the Word of God says, not majority vote. Jesus has never been in the majority. The Word of God has never been in in the majority. But the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And his will will be accomplished. His purposes will be accomplished. But in the Old Testament, it was what we recognize as Israel today was the promised land. But in the New Testament, the promised land of milk and honey is not heaven. Let me say that again. The, the New Testament promised land is not heaven. Because there was no giants. There are no giants in heaven. The promised land of milk and honey is obtaining all of his promises in this life. In this life as overcomers, we're more than conquerors, we're triumphant. Even as second Corinthians 1:20 says, "For as the promise, for all the promises of God, all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and in Christ, amen. to the glory of God through us, it's through us. We're to manifest all. We're to receive all these promises of God and declare them to the world. So let's go from Deuteronomy. Let's go back to uh, Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. I'm going to try to keep on hope for the family. Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all the people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure. If you are obeying his voice and keeping his covenant, you are his special treasure. You can turn to the person next to you and and tell them you're a special treasure of God if you're obeying his voice. If you're keeping his covenant, you're a special treasure. There's nobody around you. You can look in a mirror. And if you're obeying his voice and keeping his covenant, you can look in that mirror and look at yourself and say, I'm a special treasure. In verse 6, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We see in Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, that because his blood has cleansed us, that he has made us kings and priests unto the Most High God. If we've been born again, we are kings and priests unto the Most High God. We're not born again by infant baptism. We're not born again by joining a church, by being faithful to denomination. That can get you into more problems than it can uh, get you out of. Being faithful to the covenant of God. Being faithful to his word. Being born again of the Spirit and of the Word. And you've developed a relationship with the Lord. Let's go to chapter uh, 20, Exodus chapter 20. And this is what I'm going to be getting into a lot today. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, of those who hate me, of those who hate me. Verse 6 but showing mercy to a thousand generations, to those who love me and keep my commandments. And I want to focus this hope for the family on verse 6, showing mercy to a thousand generations, to thousands of generations, to those who love me and keep my commandments. These, These ten commandments are just as relevant today as they were when Moses came down from the mount, just as relevant as when God first wrote them in the tablets of stone. But yet we also see, you turn to Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, what happened to Luke? Here he is. Luke chapter 18 Verse 1221 in my Bible, if you have the same Bible as me, you probably don't. Everything I'm going to be speaking out of is out of the New King James. And even if you have the New King James, you probably don't have the same ver- the same one that I have. So it's probably not on 1221. But if it is on 1221, you have the same one that I have. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke 18, 18. Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And this man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. See, this man kept all the commandments even from his youth. But if you look at verse 18, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Even this man knew that by keeping the Ten Commandments, there is no salvation in keeping the Ten Commandments. The commandments are there to show us our sin. The commandments are there to lead us to Christ. This man recognized that he still did not have eternal life. That's why he came to Jesus and asked him what he can get for eternal life. He knew that he'd already kept all the Ten Commandments. And Jesus agreed with him. He said, yeah, but you you, you missed this one thing. See, there's no salvation in keeping the commandments. The commandments are there to teach us that we are sinners and that we need a Savior, and his name is Jesus. And the only reason these commandments are relevant for us today is not only to show us our sin, but we are still to keep these commandments, but there's no salvation in it. But we keep these commandments because we love him. We do it out of love towards he who loved us and gave his life for us. Our response to his love is, to love him, just like again, first John four nineteen. We love him because he first loved us. So let's look at this God's promises and grace for those who love him and fear him. And we're gonna go to Job. Job chapter one. Let's go to Job chapter one. Hallelujah. Job chapter one. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Pretty awesome to have that kind of a a summary right there. Verse 2, And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. I want you to, you know, I I recognize many of us have read Job before, and many of us uh, identify with Job more than we do with Jesus. And we need to change that because we are in him. We died and our life was hidden in him. We're seated in heavenly places on the throne with him. And so we need to change the the attitude that we identify with Job's life more than we identify with Jesus. But that's not what I'm shooting for today. That's just a little rabbit trail. So I want you to, you know, definitely look at, the verse 2, the seven sons and the three daughters, and then the, the number of, of camels and oxen and sheep and female donkeys that he had. And it says that this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. Uh-oh. Here, here we, we're dealing with God's prosperity again, aren't we? But yet this word greatest is actually arrogant and very prideful. But we're not going to deal with that in this issue, with this uh, uh, hope for the family. But that was the main reason things came down in his life, because he was beginning to walk in his righteousness instead of the righteousness of God. And if you really study the book of Job, beginning to end, you'll find that it was God was rebuking him for his stance on walking in his own righteousness rather than in God's righteousness and so it's specifically recorded how many animals he had let's go continue reading here now his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them so it was when the days of feasting had run their course that job would, that job <laughs> excuse me that job would send and sanctify them, he would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings, according to the number of them all. For Job said, "It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts." Thus Job did regularly. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came amongst them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless, an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. God is identifying him that he's righteous, that he's that he's blameless, that he's upright, that he fears God and shuns evil. That's a good report to come from the mouth of God for each and every one of us. Verse 9, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he is on on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Verse 10, he says, have you not made a hedge around him? you realize that God has a hedge of protection around all of his lovers, around all of his worshipers? God has a hedge of protection around you. And in order for God to remove it, In order for Satan to even come against you, he must ask God if God will remove the hedge of protection around you. Only God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. All these these big words, I can hardly pronounce them. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. See, if Satan is not omniscient, he is not omnipresent. He is not omnipotent. If Satan is attacking somebody in New Delhi, India, he's not here in North Dakota at the same time. He can only be in one place at one time, and that's why he travels the whole earth. Now, I realize he's spirit, and he doesn't have to take a 747, but he has to go to and fro. He is not God. God. He is not omnipotent. He is not omniscient. He is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere. He can only be at one place at one time. When he's before the throne of God, he is not here. Satan, the enemy of our souls, must ask God for permission to afflict us. And if God will not remove the hedge of protection around us, he cannot touch us. Hallelujah. Verse 11. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to he, your face. So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. Then set, Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. See, it's just like in Luke 22, verse 31 and 32. Jesus turns to Simon Peter, and he said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. I don't know, a lot of city people don't understand sifting. I grew up on a farm. We would take the wheat off, and we'd have to take it into the elevator and have it tested we had to find out if it was the right moisture and and we had to find out different things about it whether we could continue to combine that day or not but we'd take this little you know we'd we'd take the combine in the field and and uh uh take maybe a half a round off or something and and then uh take a sample uh, a pail of this wheat into the elevator and the first thing that they would do is they would test it for moisture and if it tested okay for moisture then they would put it in this separator and this separator had many screens to it and uh, they were different uh, uh, size screens and they would screen out the rocks they would screen out the wild oats they would screen out the Mustard seed. They would screen out all of the uh, uh, what we call dockage, all the things that shouldn't have been in there, and it would. And the one tray would only have the wheat left in it, and then they would test the wheat, and and uh, and so this sifting. It started in a very large screen. And then it went down to a real fine screen. And uh, there was a lot of agitating and shaking going on to sift the wheat. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Isn't it awesome that Jesus is praying? that our faith will not fail. Jesus is praying. The Lord God Almighty is praying that our faith will not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. We will be sifted. But Jesus is praying for us that we'll not lose our faith through the sifting. Hallelujah. And that when we come out on the other side, we're going to be stronger, and we're going to be strengthened, and we're going to continue to minister. Let's go down into verse uh, 13 here. Now, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 16, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Boy, I'll tell you what. So many, the fire of God fell. So many people have errantly blamed God for the tragedies in their life. There's pastors, there's priests alike, especially those that do not know God, because there's a lot of pastors that do not know God. There's a lot of priests that do not know God. They lay blame on God for the tragedies that happen in people's lives. And many Christians also turn around and say, well, uh, that God took your mother at a young age, or God took your father at a young age, or, or a young couple might have their first baby or whatever, third baby, whatever, and, and, and uh, the baby dies. And the priest or the pastor will say, well, God took them. God didn't take them. They lay blame on God. A lot of these people hear it from the false pastors and the false priests. They ought not to even be in ministry. I've had to counsel several people over the years that lost their dad when, you know, when they were a little kid or lost their mother when they were a little kid or they lost their uh, young child. And their pastor and priest told them that God killed them that God took them. And they've developed this bitterness towards God because God took them, and they they had this bitterness toward God for years and, years and years and years and years and years because of this false shepherd that told them that God killed them. God didn't kill them. Satan is the one that comes to kill and to steal and destroy, and if you actually read that portion out of John 10. 10 If you actually read that, there's a – I guess you can maybe call her a proverb. You won't find it in Scripture. But it says, Scripture taken out of context will lead to pretext, and pretext will always lead to error. Scripture taken out of context – will lead to pretext and pretext will always lead to error and so if you read John 10:10 10, 10, that the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy but I have come to give you life and give you life more abundantly if you read about the enemy it's true to a certain degree that the enemy is Satan, but too often times people have put Satan in the place of that, and that's not what it's talking about. Jesus is specifically talking about false religion. False religion. In the preceding verses, Jesus is talking about false religion. And false religion is an introduction into the enemy coming to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, Satan is the infiltrator. Satan is the progenitor of that false religion. But it's the false religion that he's specifically talking about. But Jesus came to bring life and to bring life more abundantly. God did not send the fire. But see, this person, that's what he said. The fire of God fell. And so right away, everybody believes that God did it. No, he didn't do it. Because you read in the previous verses that God removed the hedge around them. All of these tragedies were from Satan. They were not from God. Satan was the cause of it. The fire that came down was from Satan. It was not from God. Verse 17. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young men. And they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. All these disasters came from the hand of Satan, not God. The wind came from Satan, not God. And to see how this is a supernatural wind, it wasn't just a normal wind, it was a supernatural wind. It says in verse 19, it struck the four corners of the house. If it was just the wind that we have here in North Dakota say, or or you have in your area, the wind comes from one direction at any given time. It doesn't come from four directions all at once. But this hit the four corners of the house. This wind came from every, every direction. All these disasters were from the hand of Satan. They were not from God. The fire was from Satan. It was not from God. The wind was from Satan. It was not from God. God removed the hedge of protection from Job is why he was open to attack. You know, we're we're caught in a spiritual warfare whether we're saved or unsaved, whether we're white, black, yellow, red, pink, orange, whatever, we're caught within a warfare between God and Satan. And we really have very little control over it. And I know that there's some teachings on spiritual warfare out there that, quite frankly, they're bunk. They're false. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about Go to Second Corinthians chapter ten. what's this have to do with hope for the family? It has everything to do with hope for the family. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses four and five: For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This pulling down strongholds has nothing to do with pulling down principalities out of heaven. I, I had to laugh when I first heard John Wimber address this. He said, pulling down strongholds, he said, why would you want to pull down strongholds? Don't we have enough of them here already? See, there, there's so many false teachings within the charismatic and the Pentecostal, within just evangelicalism uh, in itself. If they stick to the cross, if they stick to the blood of Jesus, if they stick to the resurrection, that's fine and dandy. But then they start drifting and, and, and developing all these false teachings. Listen, these pulling down strongholds are strongholds in our minds, they're strongholds like of unbelief or, or doubt. They're wrong thinkings. And, uh what misunderstandings of God and, and of his kingdom purposes. We are to cast them down out of our own minds, bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. Strongholds are in our minds, our, our thoughts. So as with Job and Peter, it was actually an attack of Satan. But is it really an attack of Satan that's coming against me, or is it a stronghold of misconception in my own mind that's causing a problem? An imagination that has to be cast down with every thought brought into the obedience of Christ. It's far more often it's a case of our own false imaginations than actually Satan attacking me. Proverbs 28 2 is an interesting proverb. Proverbs 28 2 says, Because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. Because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. See, princes control principalities. We do not pull down principalities. I don't care what kind of a book you read. I don't care who it was by. I don't care how big their church is. We do not pull down principalities. We turn from sin, from transgression, and the principalities cease because they have no more legal authority to exist any longer. But so-and-so wrote a book or said, and they have such a big church, I want to get back to the authority of God's Word. I want to get back to the authority of the truth of God's Word, not in some faky charismatic book or some faky charismatic, Pentecostal, evangelical teaching that does not line up with Scripture. So let's go back to Job chapter 42. We saw the, we saw the uh, destruction that was brought about. Go to Job 42. We're going to just start this in verse 7. Job 42, 7. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said, this is Yahweh, this is Jesus, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. I get absolutely stressed out when I hear preachers preach sermons out of Eliphaz or something that Zophar said or something that Bildad said and they try to line it up with this is what the word of the, this is this is the attribute of God this is how God operates this is how we this is what they're saying is true when God himself said that none of them said anything that was right about God you and your friends i'm against you and your friends the lord said i'm against you and your friends for you have not spoken of me what is right So when you're reading through the book of Job and Bildad is speaking or Zophar is speaking or Eliphaz is speaking, what they are speaking is wrong because God said it was wrong. And it's up to us to hear the voice of the Spirit and see what it is. Job, whatever Job said was right, but what, Job, what, what these other three said were wrong. And so we best not be... Taking a whole lot of theology from what Bildad said, or what Zophar said, or what Bildad, Bildad or Eliphaz, any of them, anybody, any of them, if we take theology from what they said, we're taking we're teaching false theology. Let's drop down to verse ten. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. we got to be praying for our friends, amen? Indeed, the Lord gave twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him. See, when everything is going fine, everybody's all, you know, you're, you're... You've got lots of wealth, everything is going swell. Everybody's your friend. But when things turn kind of sour on you, all of a sudden your friends leave you and your everybody leaves you because they they don't really want anything to do with you because there's just something wrong with you. But now they're coming kind of back after he's been restored. they came to eat and ate food with him. And in his house, and they counseled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. The Lord did not bring adversity upon him. The Lord removed the hedge of protection around him because Job was beginning to walk in his own righteousness rather than walk in the righteousness of God. All of my righteousness are as filthy rags. And no matter how long I came to know the Lord, In June of 1982 and no matter if I live for the next thousand years all of my righteousness is our filthy rags my righteousness comes from Christ my righteousness comes by from faith in Jesus Christ and when I have faith in Jesus Christ I have become the righteousness of God it's never my own it's always him it's all about Jesus Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Verse 12. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. So if you go back to chapter 1, verse 3, you'll see that it was exactly double. Everything was doubled. But look at verse 13. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Well, wait a minute. If God restored everything to Job, double, why didn't he end up with 14 sons and six daughters? I'm talking about hope for the family. If God restored everything double, and we see he did with the donkeys and the the female donkeys and the camels and the sheep, he restored everything double, but he only still had seven sons and three daughters. It's because he didn't lose his first ones. What do you mean he didn't lose them? Well, he didn't lose them. Were they killed? Yep, they died. But they were eternal in the heavens. He didn't lose them because they were secure. Well, how do you come across with that? Well, Second Samuel twelve twenty three. when David Bathsheba had their first child, the child died. And David was praying and fasting, and when he found out that the child died, he began to eat, and his servants were just disrupted in mind and thought. They said, what, what, why, why are you eating and, and, and doing everything now when, when the child was still alive? You were fasting, and now he's died, and, and, and now you're eating in 2nd Samuel 12:23 David said I shall go to him but he shall not return to me I shall go to him but he shall not return to me David knew that the baby was brought into the presence of God Hallelujah this baby wasn't infant baptized because there's no salvation in infant baptism you need to be born again. But there's an age of accountability. And that baby had never reached an age of accountability. All these babies that are aborted, all these babies that are, are stillbirths, every one of them are brought into the kingdom of God. Every one of them are ushered into the presence of God. Every one of them are saved. David's child died, and David said, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And so with this, what's this got to do with Job and and hope for the family? Job's continual intercessions and offerings that he offered up to God. It wasn't necessarily the sacrifices that Job was doing. Job was doing it because he loved God. He was truly concerned about his children and their relationship with God because of their partying. But it boils down to this, Job's love for God. And God is faithful to his word and to his promise. Job wouldn't curse God or lay charge against him. God will take out the enemy, but he's not going to take out his lovers. And so how does this work into hope for the family? We're going back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 6. God showing mercy to a thousand generations to those who love him and obey him. You keep praying for and interceding for your family. We might not see what we want to see in the timetable that we want. We do not know what goes through a person's spirit in the last moments of their breath. But we pray and intercede, and it's God's mercy and promise that will bring us through to victory. It's not our works. It's God's faithfulness to his word and to his promises. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, one that everybody knows. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1. My son, it's good to be called a son. As as, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the question is, are you being led of the Spirit? If you're being led of the Spirit, then you're a son. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will be added to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So we're going to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 30 again and just look at that verse 19. We're just about done. Hang on. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you this day. That's pretty awesome. He's not calling a bunch of fakey jurists. He's not calling a bunch of reprobate Republicans or Democrats or independents or political people that are caught up in their false ideas. He's calling heaven and earth as witnesses against us. Let me tell you something. Heaven and earth is a witness against each one of us, either for us or against us. I don't need somebody else to give me witness. Right here on the farm, I'm alone on this farm all the time. I go for days and weeks without people calling me, hallelujah. I go for days and weeks. I go for months, sometimes years, without any people even coming to visit me. But what I do here on the farm, I have heaven and earth witnessing what I do. I don't have to be, what's that word, accountable to somebody else in the fellowship that I'm going to. I need to be realistic and be accountable to God in everything I do. Accountable to heaven and earth with everything I do. Because that's where accountability comes. I can be accountable to somebody in the fellowship that I go to, and while I'm drinking coffee with him at Panera, bread, I can be accountable to him and tell him all kinds of stuff, and then when I come home, he doesn't know what I'm doing. But God does. He sees us all the time. So Deuteronomy 30, 19, 20, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose, you choose, as Joshua said, choose you this day who you will serve. Choose, again, that gets rid of Calvinism, hallelujah. That's right from the pit of hell. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord God swore to you. Trust and obey. That old hymn, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. I, I, I better not sing because that, that, that would really that would start breaking stuff. <laughs> what or who is more important. Who is the hope of your family? It's Christ Jesus, the word of God that came in the flesh his promises that are found and stated in his word. We receive and obtain them by his mercy and his grace, and it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, let these words from the Holy Scriptures the word of the living God that's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the bone and division of soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, let these words come alive. With fire and with power, with promise and with glory, and grace to all who hear and receive these words to give them hope for their families and their loved ones because they love you and obey you. Because you first loved them, you first loved us, and you gave us these words to stand on that we would trust in you and lean not on our own understanding. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. Quicken us with your word and with your spirit. As an old hymn says, I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. That hymn is taken out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. For I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him that day. That's what Job was doing. He knew that he was committing his children unto the Lord, and he knew that he believed in, he knew whom he believed in, and he was persuaded, he was convinced, he was persuaded that he was able to keep that which I have committed unto him. I commit my children unto him, even as Elvis said, in the beginning of the message of of his testimony today, that he committed his children onto the Lord. We commit our children onto you. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm leaning on the word of God that you will show mercy to a thousand generations, to those who love you and obey and keep your commandments. I love you, Lord. And as, Romans ten four says, Jesus Christ is the end of the law for all those who believe. Everything is wrapped up in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Jesus is Lord. And I put my trust in him. I commit my children onto him i commit my loved ones onto him and i am i know whom i have believed in and there is a problem with people that are religious they don't know whom they believe in your faith had better be in jesus your faith had better be in the living Word of God that's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Your faith must be in that. Not in what a pastor says, not in a denomination, not in a false teaching of infant baptism, or once saved, always saved. You choose daily who you're going to believe in. But once you get to know Jesus, the more you know him, the more you love him. The more you know him, the more you love him. It's all about a love relationship. It's all about the love relationship, his love for you, that while you were yet a sinner, he died for you upon a cross. And on that third day, he came forth from that tomb, and he's given us resurrection life. if we go into those waters of baptism and be resurrected with him. I died with him on that cross. I'm resurrected with him. Romans chapter 6 says, I can walk a life without sin. That Apostles' Creed, another one of the things that is a false doctrine out there. So many churches make people memorize the Apostles' Creed And it's the falsehood in it is that they walk around thinking that now that I've memorized the Apostles' Creed, I'm saved. No, you're not. That's a falsehood. You can memorize all types of things. You can memorize the Bible and not be saved. You need to be born again. And if anybody's listening to this message and you've never been born again, He's calling you to be born again right now. If you've backslidden from the Lord, it's time to renew your relationship with the Lord. And it's just being transparent to God that, Lord, I've sinned. And I need a savior. I need to be born again. I need to be born again of the word of God. And I need to be born again of the spirit of God. Wash me in the blood and make me whole. And I can walk a life without sin. Because that's what the scripture says. Jesus came to set his people free from sin. That's what Romans teaches, Romans chapter 6, that we're no longer a slave to sin. We'd be slaves of righteousness, slaves of God. And it's a good, it's a good, it's a good, good, good God that we serve. In Jesus' name, commit these words unto you. Amen and amen. That's your hope for your family. Turn it over to Elvis.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to pray a prayer for for people for household salvation. Hallelujah. For loved ones that come to know Christ. Um, I remember my grandmother, Um, you know, I took some pictures and sent it to her. Um, I put one in 8x10 in, in a frame of me. Um, back a long time ago, I used to wear a collar. And I sent that picture to her. She put that frame right next to her. She looked at that every day. She was so happy that um, one of her grandkids is a is a preacher of the Word of God. And, um, of course, I did her funeral, too, where I, I preached about the resurrection of the dead and Jesus Christ. He's the resurrection and life. And, um, but anyways, um... In, in her culture, you know, they did not say the word "I love you." And so she came bo- born again. She became born again because my my aunt became my aunt. Her 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 the youngest um her youngest daughter came born again, and 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 um and my um my grandma gave her life to Jesus Christ, and then um, um said. You know, after you know a little bit, a couple of di- after like a month, whatever, she's she said she said the words I, lo- I love you and gave gave her her daughter I love you. Hallelujah! Praise God. So God is love. Um, my my youngest daughter, um, you know when when I when I hold her in my hands, um, the Bible says in Ephesians that we are accepted to the beloved. Amen. We are accepted by the blood because it's based on the blood of Jesus Christ in Ephesians and um, accepted to the beloved. And um, I'll give you that verse fast. We'll, um, hallelujah. We're accepted to the beloved. And it says that, verse 6 says, um, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 says, To the praise and glory of His grace by which He made us accepted to the beloved. And what a child wants to hear. See, how words have power. So I say to my daughter, I accept you for who you are, and and I know who she is. Hey, Amen. I accept you for who you are. And, and, and you know, a dad, the greatest thing that you can do is, is, is to hold your daughter and say, hey, I accept you for who you are. and You're not acknowledging stuff, stuff that they're going to do that's negative and all that. You, you know and you hope amen hallelujah and then i say i bless you i bless you i bless you i said you are my beloved daughter in whom i am well pleased with and same as, as god the father said to his son you are my beloved um son in whom i'm well pleased with and then the affirmation of the father the batch of the holy ghost in acts chapter two when the holy spirit poured out was an affirmation of the father it says you are my beloved children in whom I am well pleased with, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But our words have power. Our words have power over our children, Hallelujah. And 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 um, you know, now she looks at me and she laughs, and she she's, she started laughing yesterday at me. Um, for a couple weeks now, she, you know, first she would not smile at me. I taught her to smile, and now she's laughing and all that. So praise the Lord, hallelujah, um, um, amen, hallelujah. So, but it, what I'm saying is, is um, um, the things we do, we also we pray for our children, hallelujah. Amen. So let's, uh, I'm gonna pray for our loved ones and um, um, hallelujah, and and um, Father, then told the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, we pray, Father, for all of our children you know, our grandchildren of oh God, our, you know, we pray, Father, for our relatives of oh God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they'll all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray for everyone in our family to come to the saving knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ and to be baptized in Spirit and to live a life unto the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray that there'll be unity in our home and among our family Run it around Jesus Christ and the Word of God, and that we will be able to share the Word openly with our loved ones in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, we just pray that you will visit our children, and that you will visit our grandchildren, and that you will visit all of our family members of God in Jesus' name. And Lord God, I just pray, lead them to um, salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We pray that you intervene. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, also, Lord, we pray that you protect our family. You protect our family from the evil and the wickedness that's upon the earth. And protect us from all things, that no evil shall befall us, and no plague shall come to our dwelling. one. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, if there be any bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment, division in our home. Lord God, release healing. Release healing, oh God. Lord also I pray for people I pray Lord God um uh, for healing in the family god even um you know people that have been divorced I'm not saying I'm not praying for reconciliation at but I pray that we don't no, no um bitterness no bitterness in the children, no bitterness oh God at all in Jesus name release the healing power of Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus that, that that Lord God in Jesus name because Lord God when we or before you, Lord, Lord. before you, it, it, what all matters is that that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, Lord, we want to do it willingly on this side. Amen. And we want, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray. We pray, Lord, a willingness to commit Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ of God. Willingness to commit our life to Jesus. Because I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. In Jesus' name. And, and we, we thank you, Lord God. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus Christ upon this prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.